Ernest, what's up? Look, in the world of personal finance management, finding the right tool is crucial. If you've been relying on Mint to keep your personal finances in check, I got a mix of news for you. Mint is closing down. But here's a silver lining. Monarch Money is stepping up as the go-to financial app and users, including myself, are making the switch with a smile. Before Monarch, juggling my finances felt like navigating a stormy sea. Other apps either lacked features or were too cumbersome. Then came Monarch Money. Its ease of use, powerful features, and sleek design turned financial management from a chore into a breeze. The constant updates, well, that's the cherry on top. But what truly set it apart for me was its collaboration feature. Money matters constrain relationships, but Monarch brings peace to the table. The app's collaboration tools allowed my partner and I to seamlessly manage our finances together. We aligned on our budgets, tracked our cash flow, and even planned our future goals all in one place. Speaking of goals, be it saving for a down payment, your dream vacation, or your children's education, Monarch simplifies it all. It's no wonder the Wall Street Journal hailed it as the best budgeting app. This isn't just an app. It's the next generation of personal finance management, ad-free, intuitive, and always evolving with you in mind. Now look, Monarch isn't just another app. It's the all-in-one solution. From effortlessly importing your data from Mint to customizing your dashboard to your heart's content, Monarch respects your privacy with a strict no-ads, no-data-selling policy. This is financial management as it should be, focused on you. Look, after trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's a top-rated personal finance app. And right now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash Mondays. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash Mondays for your extended 30-day free trial. The Enhanced American Express Business Gold Card is designed to take your business further. It's packed with features and benefits like flexible spending capacity that adapts to your business, 24-7 support from a business card specialist trained to help with your business needs, and so much more. The Amex Business Gold Card, now smarter and more flexible. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. All right, guys. Yes. Welcome back. Yeah. Market Mondays. Yes, winner's edition. We here. Yes. We're not coming no more. We here. <laughs> Kyle yes. said y'all should have put on a hat and some glasses. <laughs> we here. That would have been the intelligent thing to do, man. We here. Yes. First and foremost, congratulations to Coach Prime. Pulled out a miraculous comeback victory. Shador yeah. Sanders, Shiloh. The whole team, man. Crazy. Kept everybody up to 2 o'clock in the morning. That was crazy. Watching college football, Colorado State. Played a yep. hell of a game. Indeed. But it wasn't enough, man. And uh, prayers up to Travis Hunter. Took a tremendous cheap shot. That was ridiculous. That's crazy. And suspended. Um, he should be banned for the next three games. He got suspended? He should. He even get thrown out of the game. They didn't, even, yeah. they didn't even call it targeting. Yeah, he should have. Uh, um, I've heard he got a lacerated liver. Damn. Or a, a laceration. A laceration on his liver. Either way, that doesn't sound that doesn't sound too good. Um, it's very unfortunate because obviously they have two big games coming up, and obviously I don't think he'll be able to play in either one of those games. So that hurts their chances tremendously not having a big game. Um, their best defensive back and one of their best wide receivers as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. But 
you go, you gotta go with the cards that you dealt. So prime, prime time. Let's see what your door is able to do. Yeah. Special. He's a special talent. Special talent. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Fun to watch. Well, ladies and gentlemen, mm-hmm. we are live at location at an undisclosed location. Now <laughs> we stay off the grid. Um, yes. Business. Shout out to love. It's business. It's business first. We're working on something tremendously beneficial and big. Uh, can't announce it, but we are. We are. You know, away for a minute. But Market Mondays will continue. Yeah, absolutely. So, so a show must go on at all at all costs. This week, big episode. We have our lawyer, Amy. Um, oh, that's amazing. Shout tomorrow, Amy. she's going to be talking about contract law, um, trademarking, negotiations, all kinds of stuff. So, very educational episode. True to the core of Earn Your Leisure for all of the people that said we talked to too many rappers. Um, back in pocket, it's not just any lawyer, back our back, actual lawyer, back in pocket with a with a with an episode that you can just get a lot of information. So watch yeah. this episode, and then we'll have more episodes like this. Please, if you, but don't if watch you guys this. make the celebrity episodes pop, <laughs> yeah. guess what the algorithm says. You got four star hand. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It's back to it's back to money bag. Yo, that's a tomorrow. Crap. That's the funny. choice is yours. That's two times. Ski. <laughs> the choice you is pick. yours. Dude. You pick. <laughs> yeah, man. You choose. The choice is yours. Act accordingly. The choice is yours. Um, but yeah, check that out tomorrow at one o'clock. And um, yeah, that's not. I don't want to go too much into different things. Oh yeah, Chicago. Get your tickets to Chicago Market Mondays live yes. October twenty second. We are headed to the Midwest. Get your tickets. Um, link in the bio. It's going to be a show to remember. We got some surprise guests. We got some interviews. We got some, you know, very big things planned for Shot Town. So make sure you're in the building for that. Yes. And once again, Ghana. Yeah, we are ninety eight days away officially. That's insane. December December twenty seventh. We are in Ghana. Um, vibes across the board. Working on a magic, magic, legendary show for that situation. Um, find your way to Africa. Find your way to Ghana. Find your way to Accra. Find your way to Treehouse. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, all that. Get there by plane, by boat, by speedboat, however you want to get by there. Means. Get there. And um, we will be in Ghana bringing in the New Year's the right way in the motherland. And that's how we're doing it. That's a fact. Yeah. So fact. excited about that. Shout out to everybody that we saw this week uh, in New York Fashion Week. Shout out to uh, Love. Shout out to, to Diddy uh, for showing us nothing but love. Uh, shout out to Tiffany Haddish. We pulled up on her. Had an yeah. insightful conversation. Insightful conversation. A great, great person. Uh, shout out to everybody that invited us to their show, man. We 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 took great pleasure in in taking part in New York Fashion Week this week, and look forward to more fashion weeks throughout the world. Paris, I hope you're listening. Sure. I hope you're listening. once again, if you want educational content, tune in to Amy's interview tomorrow. <laughs> Please yeah. do. That's a fact. That's a fact. Or we will have. Hit maker. Ice, ice, ice spice on the Congrats on the Duncan deal. Ice spice on yeah. That's a fact. The, That's a the, fact. The, the munching market. Yes. Very good marketing campaign. Um, We got another one, Ryan. What's her tagline? Stop playing with him, Ryan. Stop playing with him, Ryan. 
Shout out to Ice White. Uh, all right, Ian. We here? Yeah, we're here. Hold on. All right, clap out. All right, we're from. All right. Um, Stock Club Call will be this Wednesday at 9 p.m. Central. Um, thank you for everyone who tuned in this past Saturday. If I've made you money, please put yes in chat. Get your tickets to Market Mondays, Chicago. I would definitely be putting on a presentation. I know some of you've been telling me you've been missing a presentation, so I'll be live in effect. And Troy gonna go back to that to that uh, Hall of Fame wall that, that he did. So um, and then get your tickets to Market Mondays, Donna. So I can't wait. We need to talk about, and we have some things that we need to show. Everything is not for everyone, but. When we come to Market Mondays Live, it's a family affair. So we're going to have a family yeah. conversation about some of the stuff we've been doing. Absolutely. And I'll see you guys yeah. at Revolt World and at A3C as well. Oh, yeah. Revolt World. We're on our way this weekend. It's a fact. Interview yeah. with Laura London. Big, 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 big show production. Shout out to Revolt family. Yes. Yeah. Um, disclaimer. Let's do it, man. Do your own research. You know how this works. Our content is intended to be used. and must be used for informational purposes only. It's very important that you do your own analysis before making any investment based on your own. That's right. Your own personal circumstances. You should take independent financial advice from a professional in connection with or independently research and verify any information that you find on our show and wish to rely upon whether for the purpose of making an investment decision or otherwise. This is a message brought to you by the good brothers at Earn Your Leisure. And the good brother Ian Dunlap, the master investor himself, continue to do the research, continue to share research, pay homage to those that you got it from when it's great. Love is love. Build community. All right, let's get into this. So, uh, what are your thoughts on the United Auto Workers strike, and mm -hmm. what impact do you think it will have for the rest of the market? It's long overdue. Um, and with inflation being so high, the cost of everything going up two x. Um, I'm usually not pro strike, but I think. If housing prices are going to remain this high, mortgages are going to remain this high, gas hit an all-time high. We need the like people that are employed need better pay. And I've been saying it for two or three years. Like if you don't pay people a fair wage, they're going to revolt. See a revolt world this weekend. Um, but if you don't pay people properly, how do you expect the economy to keep flourishing and to keep thriving? I think it's long overdue. I think we also seen with the writer strike. At some point, musicians are going to need to strike as well. And I think creators are going to need to strike. Um, it is going to affect the stock market. Of course, Ford GM is going to be affected. Tesla won't have that much exposure. But the strike, if it goes on for 30 days, it will have an effect on the tech sector um, and consumer discretionary. But it is a necessary evil that has to be done. So even though it may drag down your portfolio, if we have this large gap between what people are making, but seven companies are holding the market up and getting record profits. I'm not trying to sound like Bernie Sanders, but it's like you cannot have people in some cases paying five and $6,000 for rent. And then the pay has only increased 2% over the last two or three years. It's absolutely insane. We need a rebalancing of the portfolio at large for our companies and what employees are being paid. Yeah. I think the main focus of, of the strike is they want more money and they want to be equally distributed. You yep. know, one of those things that, the main focus of it is is the the compensation over a tiered uh, platform, and that's something that we see in, in education. You see a lot of union jobs. Um, you have new entry level people starting at a certain point, and they have to work, you know, five, ten, fifteen, sometimes twenty years to even get to the top level of the salary. Uh, and then when people come in that have had veteran positions at other places, they start back at entry level. So, yeah, it's unfair. 
but again, it's necessary. It's unprecedented. It's the first time that we've seen th this union strike. The the effects are sometimes long term, and so you know, if we see a strike that goes thirty days, sixty days, ninety days, right, that's going to affect the auto automotive community, obviously, right? When we're talking about there's less workers, yeah. we're, we're seeing some of the reaction from you know Ford. We saw today that they they're letting people go. So yeah, there's people that are going on strike. Um, but how long can they go on strike? I think that that works in the favor of the automakers. Yeah. And so based on the fund, I think they have a fund, a strike fund that has about 142 million. Mm -hmm. They said that if every one of the employees goes on strike, they can last three months. Three months. Three so, months for four could be devastating, though. That, I mean, the right. stock hasn't done well in 14, 15 years, and even then, it was it barely moved the needle. 90 days, and that's why I've always said. And, and so this conversation has been had in our community, like what would happen to corporate America if all black people just struck every company on earth for 90 days will have a drastic impact. Yeah. If they can hold out for 90 days, we'll definitely see some change. Yeah. And the number is 825 million, right? So the number is 825 million, correct? But if every worker, so there's 146,000 workers, if they all walk out again, it'll be depleted in three months. And so when you're talking about a, a fund or a, a company that has a market cap that's well over that, yeah, I mean it's it's a it's a tough proposition if you're your employer or you're a worker of one of these companies because their money's gonna last a lot longer than yours. 20th, 2022 four was at twenty-one dollars and sixty-five cent. It is currently at twelve dollars and forty-three cent. If they if the workers choose to strike for a quarter, may end up in the six dollar range. That would make mm -hmm. some impact. That And the truth is, like, if people and companies won't automatically increase pay or give some kind of incentives that you actually need to get better pay, what alternative is there? Like, the writers had to go on strike, and we are seeing it, like, it affect TV shows. I really think musicians have been going, should be going on strike forever. I said it last week. Like, how does Burner Boy sell out MetLife, but his album only sells 21000 it makes no sense. Sells out, um, MetLife, sells out Wembley Stadium, same thing. Like, bro, and then, but then he only does twenty one thousand actual sold albums when the tickets to go to the concert are ten times more. Like, it makes no sense. I think we need uh, reform once again. I hate to sound like Bernie Sanders, but we need like reform across almost every industry to to pay better and give better incentives. And once again, we need to build some better companies. We'll talk about a couple IPOs later, but RM for it to be the darling that it is this year. It's one of the few companies that has built a product or project that is actually needed. I think too many of these companies and startups that have been funded over the last seven years were kind of almost like non-necessities non or like a luxury. Um, and as a result, like we keep building things that can get funded versus things in act that can actually have true value. Um, all right. So let's talk about this. Um, today, not so bad, but last week, was a tough week for the stock market and this month has been a tough month for the stock market. So at what point do you see stocks um, reversing trend and not falling anymore and going back up to, you know, how it was for the rest of the year when stocks were just on a, on a rampage? Yeah, I think probably October. Um, um, a key thing that we don't talk about is how important September is. It's the start of the fiscal year. It feels like when September comes, everyone's done with vacation. And then they start saying, okay, let's take this out of the budget. Let's apply this money here. So I think since we're getting back into the swing of things, and we just had witching. 
So we factored that in. A lot of contracts expired. A lot of hedge funds are not looking to buy for the next quarter. Um, but we have to see what the Fed is going to do about interest rates and whether I think that'll be unchanged. Um, we have to see what's going to happen with the strike. So when you're investing, you have to look and see how many roadblocks are away from the market going up. Like you want a clean slate. So no automotive strike. The strike in Hollywood needs to be resolved. I don't think they'll cut rates to next year, but if they make an announcement on that, that would be great. And then if a company puts out guidance and say, hey, we expect to double revenue, that would be great. But once you have all these rocks in the way, it's kind of hard for the market to go up uh, consistently. And we need to see some other companies, maybe in a Russell 2000 or mid caps do a lot better to show signs of strength so that the Dow can catch up and the S&P 500 can catch up. So that's what I'm looking for. But that probably won't happen until mid-October. If you're an investor, you just have to keep buying quality. I know everyone hates when the market is in a down cycle, but this is the best time to actually buy um, when we're sliding down. It's it's really interesting from like a psychological standpoint. When the market is at a high, everyone wants to buy, even though statistically it's the worst time to actually like make an investment in. And then when the market is sliding down, more people are afraid. Um but we shouldn't be thinking about this over a month to month. Like if you judge it three months, six months out, you'd be incredibly happy. But I know it's tough when you're actually making an investment and you put $3,000 in and then two weeks later, you're down 500 bucks, but you have to play the long game no matter what. Yeah. I think all those factors that you name, and we kind of, you know, spoke about this uh, at the start of the month about yeah. all the things that are happening in September. We talked about CPI. We talked about unemployment and we talked about the Fed, to, you know, having the interest of either they're going to freeze rates or raise rates. And so all those things are playing out, like we said, like you said, witching just happened last week. And so all these things are playing out exactly how we, you know, historically we, we thought they would. I think the, the one thing that maybe people overlook is the geopolitical climate of, of the economy, what's happening in China, which we, we've documented on a number of occasions. But what's still happening in Russia and Ukraine, like these things still play a major role in the world economy. And so those things are happening and let alone anything else that may arise over the next four to six weeks. You know, I mean, you just never know. Um, so all those things put into a bowl is is a, a recipe for some of the climate that we're in. But like I said, we, we've seen September and historically it has been yeah. the worst month uh, for the market. But like you said, the, the, the other end of the spectrum is that if you're somebody that is looking to figure out what time should I invest, it's a great place a to start uh, planting the seeds. I mean, if I told you two years ago that at one point a former president would be indicted and then a president's son <laughs> would be going possibly to jail, you would be like, you've lost your mind. Like, yeah. this is one of the most interesting political climates I've seen. And that unrest causes for concern like especially once again we only have seven companies i know you guys get tired of us talking about apple and microsoft but it's like and even with apple you're on the clock you need to start innovating um i think michael batnick wrote, wrote a, a newsletter or article saying is apple the new ibm if they don't fix this by iphone 17 yeah i'm gonna have a different declaration on iphone it's time for some innovation if any of you work at apple or used to work there please send us up the food chain I know they are not taking it serious, but, and I know because of the regulation and regulatory issue that they have to make the charging port a USB-C, that's not the innovation that we need. 
It's really <laughs> not. So um, companies overall have to do better. Like we need to have a conversation. When is Starlink going to go public? Like Starlink made $1.4 billion last year as a privately held company. Another great Eli innovation. We need more companies to produce real products and real services that are needed. We don't yeah, need yeah. another social media app for dogs. Like, yes. Trapped in the matrix. I'm trying to get him out of here. Can't you can't be talking you can't be talking about Tim Cook like that, man. Uh listen, every time I mention Tim Cook or Zuckerberg, I get frozen. I'm sorry. Yeah, they um they said that the pre-order sales for the the 15 are coming in better than expected, which is uh, I, to my not a, a little surprising. I didn't think they would. I didn't I didn't know if people would be clamoring to have a new phone that's kind of similar to the last three that they had, but it goes my brand loyalty again. <laughs> Got to innovate. You have to innovate. And, and I like to get ahead of these problems before it gets too bad. We need to see some innovation immediately in Apple. So. Uh, when, uh, okay. Are you excited about the Instacart IPO? I want to be, but no. Um, <laughs> I I think that this is the, and it was needed. I think they should have went public maybe two years ago. They're like striped. They missed that window. Um, I want to be, but I think if people, if we're heading into a soft landing or soft recession, more people are not going to be using these kind of services to order out. They're going to try to find ways to save money. Of course, there's like a time benefit analysis. So you can argue Uber saves you time. Rashad, since we can't cook, Uber Eats saves us time because I use it six times a week, right? But Instacart, even though I do use it, I haven't seen a bunch of people clamoring on the consumer side to use it. And I'm not seeing a lot of investors incredibly happy about it, um, especially in a downturn. You need companies that are creating better solutions. And I think this like on a scale of one to 10, one being most important, 10 being the lowest. This is probably an, an eight. Like People are worried about how I'm going to feed my family, not like, can I get my groceries delivered faster? Um, so I want to be excited about this IPO, but I'm not armed. Even though I, I still believe you have to wait 90 days to see how that shakes out. I like that better. I like Starlink. Um, if that eventually IPOs, Stripe still needs to IPO, mm -hmm. even though Square and Adyen have been down. I think that this like creates a real solution for the American economy and like rises to GDP. So yeah. I, I think it's a, an interesting IPO. As you mentioned, Arm opened up last week and for about the first six months of the year, it was kind of slow for the IPO market. During the pandemic, I mean, we saw a bunch of SPACs. Okay. We saw a bunch of uh, companies go IPO, but the timing of it is is pretty crazy. Like last week, we spoke about it uh, originally being evaluated at $40 billion, and now it's down to eight. And I think when it opens up uh, this week, it'll probably be up at the $10 billion evaluation. But, but check the statistic out, though. All right, so groceries are the largest category of retail consumer spending but it's been one of the slowest transitions from in-person to online. And we always talk about people are going to e-commerce, people are going to e-commerce. Yeah. That is true, but not when it comes to groceries. So when you talk, you want to talk about timing, during the period of 2009 to 2019, online sales grew in the grocery uh, sector from 1% to 3% for all groceries, right? Mm. During the pandemic, so the years of 2019 to 2022, those sales grew from 3% to 12%. So at the peak of the pandemic, you saw a 
double digit increase in the, the, the service that you were providing, that has come back down. Now, on the positive note, like I said last week, you know, they had a net income of 242 million for the first seven months of the year. At the same period last year, they were down. They had a loss of 74 million. And so they are turning a profit, which is good. But yeah. Ian, you alluded to one of the most important things. If we are headed for recessionary times, people are not using an online service or they, I mean, typically they don't, right? They're going to go into the supermarket. They're going to get their groceries and they're actually going to cut back on their spending when they yeah. go to these places. And so Instacart almost feels like a luxury. We kind of alluded to that, but it can be a convenience and in recessionary times. It's not about convenience. It's about what, what's affordable and affordability. And so that's tough, but all right, I'm gonna give you both sides of this thing. Pause. They don't really, they don't really have an online competitor. Like if you're looking Walmart, if you're looking to get groceries, and that from that standpoint, it's them. Like you might say it could be Amazon, maybe Walmart. But most people yeah. still go into Walmart as opposed to using it to order their their products online, especially groceries. And so that works in their advantage, but it's yeah. too sad. Like I said, like if we're headed toward recessionary times or this quote unquote soft landing. People are going to be really mindful of how they're spending, what they're spending, and they're not going to pay fees to have a service when they can go to the stores. Yeah. And then, I mean, in addition to trying to save, I don't hear like um, a groundswell. Like, and I'll ask you guys, like, how many people do you know use Instacart? I personally use it, but I don't see people clamoring to be like, the same excitement that people have for Prime, I don't see it there with Instacart. Going back to like Rashad, what you say, like the eye test. Almost everybody I know that has Amazon has Prime. I may know 15 people that use Instacart. Sales are doing a lot better, but also if you factor in like uh, soft competitors, factor in Walmart, even though Target has been trashed because of whatever political views that they've had. Um, that's a tough competitor. Kroger, like you have some real competitors and unless they can branch off to a different space where they have less competition it's going to be really hard for me to want to put this like on my top 10 if you will because kudos if you invested in it and you know the seed round and, and you're able to exit now congrats but on a retail side i wouldn't look to invest in this one yeah i mean the the advantage that they have is that they can work with all these retailers right like I, if i want to use instacart i can use target or, yeah it, it just depends on where you're at and you can use them. So I guess that's an advantage that they have the flexibility to work with multiple retailers. Mm -hmm. um, but just, like I said, it, it's more of a convenience. I do use it um, just because it is convenient. Um, yeah. the, fee, the fees that are associated with it, um, the contractors, I know there's independent contractors that are doing it. It has some great qualities, but it has some that are concerning. I, I don't really see the what the huge moat is for the, for the company uh, going yeah. forward. It reminds me a lot of the Nike and Foot Locker situation. Mm. Like, you had an advantage until you didn't. Because if I'm, let's say I'm Target, I'm Albertsons, I'm CVS, I'm feeding all this data. At what point will they take that data set and say, we're going to build our own? And we've seen people do it. Uh, Target, I mean, excuse me, Walmart has a great hybrid where you can do the pick up and go, or you can go inside. Target has a hybrid model as well. But if you're feeding all this data into another company, at one point, do you just say, well, let's invest 14 billion in here and do it on our own and keep that nine percent margin that we're giving away i don't think that will happen immediately but like you said going back to a moat i think if you're losing out that data on instacart and you don't have anything proprietary 
it's going to be tough. I don't think that, that they're going to fall apart or go bankrupt, but I don't think they have a sizable enough advantage to be able to sustain any great market gains. I really don't. Also, like if you're looking to invest in it, look at that five-year revenue chart. And if the peak was during the pandemic, got to let it go. I'm not going to say dead yet, but it's tough. Like if AMC was all the allure that it had from the apes fell apart and lost all of its value, and so did GameStop. I think just we had a great run of IPOs and, and companies in 2020 that did well, and they're just now going through like the, their mortality cycle now. And, and maybe Instacart will be there in a few years. But tell, tell us in chat. If you're excited about Instacart, please put Instacart in chat. It's not in my top 50, though. All right. Let's go dead or alive. Dead or alive. Let's do it. Let's check the vital signs of some of these companies, whether they're healthy, whether they are going towards life support, or they are flat out dead. Ian, we promise not to trigger you this week. I know some <laughs> people were very... <laughs> it's important for me to work on my triggers. That's what yeah. therapy says, yeah. right? Yeah. Yes. Once, they, once we uh, recognize our triggers, it's now important to make sure that they no longer become that for us. Yeah. Uh, so we're, we're going to start in a sector that we, we don't talk about enough. Uh, and I'm going to start with this company called uh, Schellenberger NV. The ticker is SLB, uh, yeah. trading right, uh, right under $62, up 20% year to date. Uh, they are both the world's largest offshore drilling company and the world's largest offshore drilling contractor by revenue. What's your thoughts on Schellenberger and V? Um, I, like, um, I like them at a very specific price point, between 22 to 35. If you look historically at the chart, anytime that, that they've gotten to 101, and that was in 2007, and then once again in 2014, they start to fall apart. If I can catch it again at 22 bucks to maybe 32, I like to ride it up to 85 and probably exit there. Um, so it's one of the, the companies when we are in a recession. So like pharma is a company that I like in a recession. Tech, industrials I like as well. So if I had to like just build out a portfolio for recessionary times, they would be in there. I like Caterpillar as well a lot more, but I do like this company, but at this very specific price point between 22 to 35. Mm. Okay. Slow and boring company. It won't make a lot of, a lot of headlines. It is a slow girl. Paul, I don't know if I need to say pause to that, but um, yeah. no, yeah, okay, but um, you you have to look to hold this one for three years, three or four years to get the maximum gain out of it. Yeah, let's stay right in that sector. Uh, so we talked about Schellenberger. SLB SLB is a ticker. Let's go to Halliburton ticker H A L Halliburton Company trading at forty two, right under forty two seventy. They are also up this year, and we talk about oil prices a little bit later. They're up thirteen percent year to date, uh, so they control most of the world's fracking operations. Uh, mm -hmm. They're the second largest oil field service company. What's your th thoughts on Halliburton? I like Halliburton. Um, I, I would have to get it between eighteen and twenty four bucks. Um, if we get a chance to slide back down, I would definitely invest there. Also, too. Gas at an all-time high. Oil is at a is getting close to to a high. For everyone in the comments, if oil goes up above ninety-five dollars a barrel, is that a positive sign for the economy or a negative? That would give you all the insight of where we're going. Um, I remember when oil went negative in twenty twenty, and it's made a hell of a rebound since then. But if oil remains high, um, and we are continuing to go to war. 
Halliburton, you know, and I won't talk about my conspiracy theory about this upcoming war, but um, one thing I will say, though, start to look at some companies that are looking to benefit Halliburton and Raytheon and also look at their supply chain to find more companies that can give you a better gain if we do have an extended war um, in the East. Yeah. See, I'm going to keep it clean. I want to keep all the sponsorships coming. I don't want to cause no headaches. I'm learning. I'm learning. I, I've noticed that the two pat the, a little pattern here where we're talking about oil, the seasonality of it, right? We're coming into those months where the usage of gasoline and, and oil is going to be at a peak. Is is this why we're going inside the sector right now? That and because it's been having a a, uh, a tremendous rise over the last couple of months. So for me, when I see or anytime oil breaks above 50, it starts to catch my radar. But if we get close to 100, it's usually a sign that the economy is not doing well. Um, if you look in 2020, when the entire market was taken off to the upside, oil actually went negative for the first time in history. So like I say, softer indicator is not like an alpha indicator, like how the inverted yield curve would be. But it would be like a tertiary indicator that I would look at to see how people feel about the economy. So it, it's a hedge. Um, Kramer's always said that there's a bull market somewhere, and that is, he's wrong about a lot over these last five years. But that axiom has remained true. Um, keep your eyes on the VIX. But if oil stays above, cracks 100 and stays above 100, we are going to be in for a harsh time for a few months. Tertiary and axiom in the same stanza. Very impressive. Yeah, you know, a little word or two, dictionary.com. <laughs> Very impressive. Let's go on to the next one. Uh, Jacob Solutions uh, uh, symbol is J, trading right at 133. They are up over 16% over the past six months. The company provides engineering, technical, and professional construction services, as well as scientific and specialty consultant. What's your thoughts on Jacob Solutions? Man, I'm be honest. It's one of the ones like I, I slept on for a long time. Because it wasn't as exciting. It's like uh, in that Tim Duncan category. It was like incredibly boring or like Ben Wallace, but really efficient. I like Jacob Solutions a lot. Uh, for everyone who keeps saying like there's only a few companies that are producing a lot of results. There are a few like Jacob Solutions, Caterpillar that are killing, Costco that are doing really well. And will probably do even better in a recession environment. So I know it's at 133 now. I would like it around, if I can get it at... 10842. I would love it. Um, it had a nice, I mean, 2008, it fell apart and it stayed flat for about six or seven years. But since 2015, it's been on a great run. Um, so, yeah, if I can get a pullback on it, it's something I would like to either swing trade or get a long position in. Got you. We're going to switch sectors a little bit. We're going to talk about some REITs. And uh, while we're, it, it just made me remember that we had an amazing time in the city of Charlotte, North Carolina this week. One of you shout out to everybody in Charlotte, North Carolina, hold up uh, the Boys and Girls Club that we up. had a great time there and look forward to coming back. We will be back. Rashad, what do you say? Shout out to Lou. Um, shout out to Terrence J for sure. And uh, yeah, Charlotte. I feel, like, I feel like how Mike felt. <laughs> like, dang, that one there? Like, wait, wait. What, Terrence, why don't you text me? Shotty, what? No, that was, that, was, that was a surprise victory. I wasn't even expecting all of that. But uh, Charlotte turned up heavy. Um, thought we was just going to be in and out. But uh, Charlotte, once again, shout out to Lou. Shout out to shout out to Nas, too. Not, uh, he pulled up on us. 
uh, real estate investor out there. And um, yeah, that was one of the ones, man. Charlotte, who knew? Who knew? We will, who knew? We will be back. We will be back in Charlotte. The no uh, way out tour has begun. That was a that was a vibe and a half for sure. Let's talk about so y'all look like y'all have fun. <laughs> talk about that another time. Uh, let's Celebrity start with segment sponsored by the Love Album. Congrats to Diddy on the album. Shout to Jack, Ozzy, uh, Ty Dolla Sign. Shout back off the grid. Tiana Taylor. Yes. Shout, shout out to Diddy, man. Got yeah. one. He got one. Good album. Shout out to Nas too. We got a new album out. Absolutely. Yeah, shout out to Nas. And happy birthday to Nas. We forgot to say that last week. Absolutely. 50. Esco. Esco, the legend. Uh, let's talk about Alexandria Real Estate Equities Incorporated. They are trading at $112. Uh, just a little bit over that, maybe 112.50. They are down, and this is going to be a, a common theme when we talk about some of these REITs. They are down 22 percent year to date. They are real estate, like I said, investment trust, a REIT based in uh, California that invests in office buildings and laboratories leased to tenants in the life science and technology technology industries. What's your thoughts? Ticker A R E. Cool, this one's tough. Um, I like it, but not until it gets to 70. Um, so if people are fighting, going back into the office, uh, I don't know if you guys saw that post, but, uh, the, the gentleman said that he wants employment to go up by another 50%. And basically we have to get control of the working class and make them feel the pain. Um, I think things have gotten so bad that like some of the vultures are just clearly stating how they feel now. They're not even trying to hide it. But a lot of these companies that are, are exposed to commercial real estate are going to trouble, um, especially especially when you have Vanguard, BlackRock, and Blackstone as your top competition. I know a lot of people also like, oh, um, realty income. I like that one a little bit better, but I like that one at 45. It's currently at 54. Um, but Alexander, I wouldn't touch until 70. So I'm not going to say it's dead, but um, it has sustained a critical injury. So Troy, kind of like how you felt when you was going up the Swiss Alps. You're like, whoo, dangerous, imminent. Me on a boat holding on for dear life. You know, that's how, that's how I feel about ARE. Similar. Very similar. Yeah. All right. So that was O. So the people who are writing these notes down, that was O Realty Income Corp. Ian said he likes him a little bit better than ARE. Ian, can we throw a bonus in? Because they, they've been asking me in my DMs. Absolutely. They want to know the health or the financial wherewithal of a company that I have spoken about numerous oh times God. over the past three years. Which that I'm a shareholder in Disney. Did I, oh, Disney. <laughs> they, they, people would like an update on Disney from you. Well, I mean, I did call a price out earlier that it should gravitate to. Um, we almost are at 82. We are. We are. From 137. On the year, right? It, uh, Disney's down 4% which sounds like it's not having a horrible year, but when you compare yeah. it to where it was at its high of 2021 at 191, and we've been very uh, vocal about some of the troubles that it's facing, we're starting to see some of the things that Bob Iger is putting in place with selling off some of uh, the assets that it has. I know ABC is now something that they're li uh, likely to, to sell off. ESPN is something that they've, they've partnered with and, and tried to sell off. We know what's coming with it, the Hulu deal of that 27 billion minimum payment um those things are on the pipeline and we still haven't really heard a succession plan since bob Iger has been in place i know they said two more years but who knows what's, what's your thoughts on disney man i have good news and bad news which one do you want first 
Let's start with the bad. Um, the bad is that they're at the level that they were at in 2013. Um, I've seen Rashad's face when we just glitched before on the show and how upset he gets. Imagine if, like, the performance of the show went back to, like, the levels they were 10 years ago. So as an investor, it tells me two things. The succession plan hasn't been strong enough, and if they don't turn this around, it could drop to the 50s. The great news is at some point, and it feels like it with uh, ESPN, they're starting there. So when I saw the acquisition of Shannon and then Pat McAfee, came off like wait pat shed i was like oh okay now i'm hearing some rumblings they may bring the rocky in for what steven i hope i ain't spoiling nothing <laughs> but they may rocky in once a quarter i'm like you bring maya v in with shannon yeah Ooh, okay and can we stay there for two seconds because i want yep. people to notice something if, if they're not familiar with who pat mcafee is he's a he's an analyst but he's got his own time slot on espn and this is something that's been new for them if you watch that show it comes on i think at one o'clock yeah rather than having ad money through the commercial landscape, which is traditionally for what linear uh, programming does, mm -hmm. his show is actually sponsored by another company that's on the network. So, like, if you look at the bottom right or bottom left, the lower left, SeatGeek is, is the sponsor of the show, which we haven't really seen. And this might be a new way for them to actually generate revenue is have the shows have sponsors on them before they even get put on. That's a brilliant model, which has been adopted from podcast and I, I don't want to go too too far stop me if i'm talking too much but i think at some point you gotta own the sponsorship julie rogan model like he owned a good majority of on it um at some point we have to start stop pimping out our intellectual property for brands that we don't own but in the interim y'all continue to do it so it leaves arbitrage for us to be able to do it go ahead go get every blue chew check you can for three hundred dollars <laughs> going a hard time in a few years no pun intended but oh. a pause. Um, but I think uh, if Disney writes his ship more than anything they need to state what the mission is if we go back to Dion and if we're going to tie in a leadership lesson here he was very clear on what the mission was when he went to Colorado very clear when he went to Jackson State I've looked once again Disney's one of the greatest American media companies in history I don't know what the vision is for the next year. I don't even know what shows are slated to come out. I know that they're cutting, but you can't grow your way into wealth by cost cutting. You have to manage the books. You have to manage the IP correctly. But if we don't hear a plan, it could slide to 50, maybe 47 at its lowest. That's a, like a price point where I would load the boat on Disney will be 47. If Eisner comes out and said, here's the plan for the next four years, I think it would give confidence amongst the consumers hedge funds and investors across the board and the stock will go up over time but i have to see um a plan no one knows what the vision is and i think it's a very key lesson for all entrepreneurs and something i also learned for ryan who shoots uh all my behind the scenes stuff with this team like he'll map out the vision every day just to remind them and i think it's a good lesson because even as investors we don't know like even with apple Apple clearly wanted to have number one market share of the smartphone market back in the gate back in the day. Bill Gates wanted a PC in every home in America. What's Disney's vision? Yeah. And the fact that we don't know, huge mistake. So 
even when we get on us about oh, well, how are you the greatest investor of all time? If you if you were, you wouldn't have to say it. That is a declaration. It is telling you when you say have the biggest twenty thousand this year and invest that. So you got to do forty next year. That is a roadmap for projecting where the company will be. A lot of times people think it's vital, but it's like, no, these are actually what we're projecting to do. Um, and Disney has not done that. And as a result, it has destroyed the company and made room for Netflix. And they innovated too slowly. They relied on the parks. And the fact that they, they don't have all those commercial buildings paid for, and they still have a bunch of debt around them, they to not uh, build a digital asset like Netflix way before they deal with Disney Plus. So... Yeah, you have it. Um, let's talk about Delta Airlines. So, Delta. No, I'm joking. I'm, good. I'm joking. <laughs> well, their stock um had a low this year of twenty seven dollars, a high this year of fifty dollars, almost forty nine. So it was up ninety percent from its low to its high, um, in the course of around nine months. Um, so it's, it's outperformed a lot of tech companies. A hundred. Yeah. That's almost a hundred percent gain. Um, and. We actually recently reported some information about Delta uh, that they are about to reduce uh, lounge access to modify SkyMouth program. So Smart. everybody that's been using the Delta Sky Lounge, Sky Club, it's become uh, a very popular destination at airports around the country and has led to crowding. Um, so they are cutting back on the access to the Sky, Sky Miles program. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, but that was a... a you know, an interesting thing that got a lot of debate on social media, but looking at the stock, like I said, I mean, it's actually up almost a hundred percent quietly. So, yeah. um, what's, 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 your, what's the deal with Delta? A class that people gave around people. Sometimes when people share these like travel hacks, it goes too far. It was too many people in the lounges. It almost looked like a club at like one point. So that, I know they probably got some backlash for like limited access, but I think it was smart. Historically, I, I don't like airlines to invest in long term. They have had a great bounce. Um, they're better than most of their contemporaries. I mean, September of last year, they were 28. They hit a high of what, 49 and some 48.50. Um, so they've done really well. I think this, this is one of the things you have to do when you analyze the business. If you go through where money can be leaking out of the company, um, I, I think it's smart that they lock this down. And it just goes to show that they're being proactive um, in a lot of areas in their business where I think a lot of other companies may have let this slide to keep just, but um, the stock has done well. I wouldn't buy it at this price point. If it ever got back down to maybe 34 or 26, I may swing trade it at that level, but in the 40s, I wouldn't touch it. So you said previously when you first started this show that you never invest in anything that has an engine or a motor. Mm-hmm. Um, so for people, that might, for people that might be new to the show, why yeah. do you? Why would you never invest in anything that has an engine or a motor? Is that, that the exact quote that you say? Yeah, yeah, that's a quote. Great callback. You got a good memory. Um, but because m- most things with an engine in it are depreciated. Asset. Um, so at one point I was like, man, it'd be dope to like get a yacht. This is like a dream when I had when I was a kid. And then once I started to see what the maintenance was on a yacht, it's worse than having a luxury car. Like you have to have a staff to clean it and oh my god, docking fees and all this other stuff. And then the call, oh, I'm like, I'm good. So um Tesla would be the 
only exception, but Tesla's technically evaluated as a technology company. But if it was classified under automotive purely, because it has the P ratio of a tech company, I wouldn't be the biggest fan of Tesla. Um, so st these stocks like United, Southwest, Delta, I would probably swing trade. I would not hold them long term. Um, like, and maybe like in twenty eight. 2008 or 2011, it was at $9.63. If it's like at an all-time low, and I know it's not going to go out of business, maybe there, but anything above 15 bucks or 20 bucks is too high to, to pay for most airlines. It's the reason why I hate most automotive companies. Ford, GM, even though GM is, is solid in terms of the numbers we talked about the last week, they aren't doing as well. Lucid. Um, so if you look from 1970 on, the automotive sector has not used as well. So that's the only reason uh, I don't like to invest in those long-term. All right. PayPal. Do you believe that PayPal will turn things around? How I, I, I like the CEO. I like the new CEO, but I'm the two things that I'm looking at is if, if interest rates don't get back down to 3%, um, PayPal square, Audion and Stripe have no chance to thrive well. So those conditions have to be favorable for to them to thrive. Now we can have a conversation. Should the Fed bring back quantitative easing and bring rates back down to 0%? I don't think they should, or 1%. I don't think they should, but I feel like they've used every trick they can in the book to make the economy thrive. And now that they've tried to tighten it, they've caused an issue that they probably didn't prepare for um i want to believe in paypal but i'm gonna to have to be very honest i don't know how paypal survives another 10 15 years yeah that was gonna be my next question right when i really don't if interest rates don't come down which you know puts a, a hard hard stretch on their profit margin how long these interest rates at where they're at what's the viability of it long term it was a 320 300 dollars and 21 cent in 2021 july it's currently at 63 it's underneath this 2019 levels like hovering at its 2017 levels i don't know why also like the the horror stories like when most people think of paypal at some point you think of money being held for too long I don't like if Bank of America, and as much as I talk about Wells Fargo, if Wells Fargo ever did that, people would like it would be an act of war if you did that. I don't know how they survive another 10 years, especially if interest rates don't drop and they have Apple as a competitor. Um, and then also, too, like if we're going to be very honest, we we're talking about it last night with crypto. You can't name me a coin that's worse off than PayPal. Ethereum's better, Bitcoin's better, XRP better, hands down. Um, I don't, Dogecoin arguably better. Like, I'm not the biggest fan of Doge, but it's like there wasn't liquidity issues with PayPal. I've known people that have had money held up for seven months in PayPal. Yeah, that was one of the conversations we had this week. It was about yes. this for reserve funds that some of these, these payment processes are using 
as an excuse to perhaps we i mean we don't know right they hold a hundred thousand they hold two hundred thousand they'll tell you it's to protect the customers but the customers have had the service and so I, when you told when you said to me was what if they were just mis mismanaging the funds and they've actually loaned it out and charged interest it's on the money funny. they don't have to pay you <laughs> uh -uh, it's not there anytime like uh <clears throat> like people are asking for their capital and it's not readily available there's use either they're using the money to make interest on it and they're not telling you or the allocation is off mm. we have to look across the board and, and apply the same metric so like uh i think this was, last week was the anniversary of lehman going out of business and if we're seeing a collapse of the small banks we don't think that a payment processor has the ability to go under and that they may not potentially be mismanaging funds now i'm not saying a paypal will be one of them strange that they have these long, long income and after you send in all verification that they're still holding the money there it just seems a little bit fishy to me so i, I couldn't invest in that um long term i hope alice does, does an amazing job i hope he's able to turn around the company and it's, it's a travesty what they've turned that company into at one point paypal was like a tech darling and paypal mafia has created some of the greatest entrepreneurs and companies since they've left and it's a shell of its of itself so um no i don't think paypal will recover anytime soon so the ceo is not going to make a difference um, I think he would do an amazing job, but I think he may not be have the capital to bring in all the talent that he needs to be able to write the ship. All right. So how do investors keep confidence in this market? Uh, you have to stick to a plan. Um, and we'll talk about trading a, a little bit later. But, um, I feel like when times of disaster hit, people start to change up their strategy too much. You don't like to like two tech to index, even though it works. Shout out to old boy who said two tech two index only works in a bull market. If I made you money, please put yes in chat. I'm gonna start suing some of y'all. Y'all have to stop like just flat out lying. Here's hit now. Rashad won't say it because he's in a good mood. I'm glad my guy actually got some rest and be able to just hang out and chill and not work to 14 hours a day. Here's and I know y'all gonna be like, yo, he I'm not arrogant. I want y'all to stop talking shit though and be better that's the answer be better two tech two index works in the up market or a down market so whether the market is down, te technically anything everything only works in a bull market right because a bull market means stocks are going up so in a bear market that means the majority is majority of stocks are going down so theoretically no matter what you're investing in for the most part mm -hmm. odds are if it's not a bull market, it's not going to work short term. That's the whole point of it being a bear market. It's going to it's going to go down whatever you're whatever you're invested in. For the most part, well, you have a high probability that stocks go down during bear markets and stocks go up during bull markets. But if you uh, this brings a great point, write this down. Companies that have the least drawdown, plus if you're buying in bearish prices. So if a stock is off of its all time high. 27 and a half to 30 percent you're buying in there that gives you an advantage something with a favorable pe ratio and a favor of beta that can be the way to hack even in the bull market of where to buy too many people if a stock's at 190 and you buy 185 and you buy a call to last three months or you bought a stock all right at 185 like that's a mistake if the stock's at 190 i may look to buy that 
128. The, the number sometimes may sound crazy, but that's because like the work hasn't been done. A lot of people killed me over the Disney 82 call. And I'm like, it can't go down. I'm like, if they cut all of Marvel and the Disney plus subscribers numbers are going down and the margins are not there, there's only one clear direction. But so that's how you can get an edge, if you will, in the market. But like you have to stick to a plan and know through every season. So what I did with two tech two index, I went back 40 years and to look to see when would it break for two tech two index not to work like interest rates will need to be above 13 percent. Probability of that is less than 5%. Have we been there before for a split second? Yes. I don't think we'll get back there again. Because if we can't handle 5.5%, we definitely can't afford 10 to 13%. Um, and then um, how to keep confidence. If you've been invested, I noticed the people that have consistently invested since the show started are more confident than the ones who have been gambling on the sidelines. So normally confidence begets confidence, if you will. And if you're consistently buying and you're averaging in every month or every quarter, or you're doing lump sums, you should be fine. You should be fine. A lot of times the danger comes in the deviation plan. That's why I always go back to how many shows have you guys missed? How many weeks have we missed market Mondays? A lot of business is just showing up every day trying to be better. And if you get comfortable or complacent, that's when the regression begins to happen in a, in a business. So, um, I've made you money. Please put yes in chat, stick to a plan. And if you're not looking over five years to hold these companies, I think you're making a major mistake anyway. But we um, got to stop flat out lying about this not working. We didn't get here. Kat, listen, to, Kathy would have said, strategy. Mike would have said it didn't work. And everybody in the comments would have said it didn't work. I'm done ranting. I'm gonna keep it PC. <laughs> so MGM casinos were hacked uh, last week, causing many customers to have their social security number and driver's license information stolen. Yeah. Um, so do you think we will see more cyber attacks like this? And uh, what is your favorite cybersecurity stock that you're looking to invest in as a result? And I also heard that MGM um, had offered free lap dances um to customers um uh, that larry larry flint's uh club offers them yeah oh hustler yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so it had nothing to do with mgm well it's it's the, the hell no it's, yeah, it's, it's true this is a fact bro it's not it's like, like big short part two what this is not speculation so because of there was i mean there's a lot of things that happened but uh, <laughs> larry flint's club has stepped up and offered free lap dances to some of the people who were affected um from the shores i mean people weren't able to get into their rooms able to get yeah. money um, so there's a lot of things that happened, and this was this is, I guess, one of the perks, should we say? So it wasn't MGM that offered the lap dance, Las Vegas strips, it was uh, Hustler Club, gotcha. The, the Hustler Club, <laughs> yeah. well, and, in, and in any event, yeah, um, what's your take on this, and, and what is some cyber security come because to me, cyber security is definitely one of like we talk about, you know, companies, chip companies, and SMH, and that's important because semiconductors are going to be driving technology. We talk about artificial intelligence a lot, but cybersecurity is probably one of the most, if not the most important areas um, to the society currently and will be yeah. even more important over the next 10 years when you look at all technology becoming bigger and bigger and bigger then security has to come into play as well, right? Because it's like, all right, if we're going to rely almost 100% on tech, 
tech, yeah. And, you know, security, it's always safety first. So cybersecurity goes hand in hand with the evolution and the scaling of tech, whether it's artificial intelligence, whether it's semiconductors, whether it's social media, whatever, um, it goes hand in hand. So yeah. what's, the, what's the deal with this? Um, the one I will lean on is CrowdStrike. I like that one a lot. Um, we've talked about it before. Uh, Trap is the one who put me on to it. I don't know if Microsoft has made their official announcement of integration into that space, but I think by 2025, there'll be a heavy player there. So we already have exposure there. Um, when uh, MGM, you should have updated from Windows 10. What are you doing? Like uh, a few people sent me messages who worked there and said that they they had got a threat. I think three weeks prior, didn't pay, and then the attack came. I don't think this this would be the last one. If I was Hilton, uh, Radisson, Lakinta, in, I would be on the lookout. All of those who probably didn't have the capital to invest and great cybersecurity days in holiday in shout to Chingy. Um, I would be on the lookout. Uh, Arby's network may get how work. It's, it's going to be tough. Like, but these kind of threats go up during a recession because the hacker groups know that if spending is compressed because the money isn't there, they probably have not upgraded their security because the margins aren't there to do so. Um, a, a lot more attacks are going to happen. So, yeah, if I was CrowdStriker, I would be on an active campaign for every Fortune 500 to to lock the, everything down with a fortress. Because, like you said, if for leaning such on tech, like people have to manually get checked in into their rooms in the MGM. I saw a couple of pictures and people were waiting three hours in the lobby. Crazy, that's yeah, unbelievable. I mean, like this should not happen. But this is and Ian, you brought up a great point because I'm a touch on Microsoft because they are stepping into the cybersecurity point. Yeah, but this like Shadi says this all the time when when life imitates art. Is this not Ocean's Eleven? We were just watching that. Other, yeah, like, this is, a good is, point. is this not Ocean's Eleven? Look, look, Pretty the much. attack impacted slot machines, sports betting, kiosks, ATMs, loyalty program reward machines. Digital room keys also stopped working, leading to a huge lines at the front desk in, uh, of each impacted hotel. So pretty much you shut down the hotel. You shut down the hotel. And you shut down betting for the hotel. Now, that doesn't help MGM, but you know who it does help? Caesars? Yeah. Right. And so if your competitors down and people, especially during sports weekends, they're going to go to the competitor. People are not just going to say we're going to stop gambling. They're going to find where they can do it at. And so this helps Caesars. And so I'd be interested to see the profits that they made from that week. But from a stock standpoint, two months ago, Microsoft made headlines that they were going into cybersecurity space. And they, you know, they asked the CEO of, of Palo Alto, what does this mean? Do you look at them as a competitor? And his thing was like, no, not as a competitor, but what it does do is validate the space. And we talk about cybersecurity all the time, whether it's CrowdStrike, whether it's Cscaler, Palo Alto, uh, Cloudflare. And we had a conversation about Cloudflare um, last yeah. night. But it validates the space and talks about the importance of it going into the future. And if you have a company like Microsoft coming in, I mean, we've seen what they've done historically through all the, their verticals. This now puts more emphasis from not just the 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 cloud uh, companies of, of the world, but from all tech companies, because yeah. this is information from a casino, but that could be Apple or that could be Amazon. And now you're talking billions of customers. Yeah. Right. And so it, it's an interesting thing. But it, again, it's, it's really life imitating art. Yes. Yeah. It, it feels like something that happened in the movie. We don't know the ramifications of it because it, it's so new. But, you know, the, 
if we're not looking at security and we're looking at AI, like we should, as we should, like when we talk about enemy state and we're like, this is imitating life. We should look at these yeah. movies as well. Like this can happen. There's in fact, a lot of foreshadowing. Did it. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's a lot of foreshadowing. And I hope that it doesn't. Could happen to Instacart. Could happen to Publix. Like, please be on the watch. This is why, like, this is uh, really key. Uh, Palo Alto Network, I like a lot. Do you think it's delusional to say that Microsoft gives it validation, though? Is it delusional? I mean, them coming into the space. No, it, it, you have to look at it. If I'm Palo Alto, I'm, how are we going to be better? Yeah, or, or partner. <laughs> One or the other. Because this is a Goliath. Not it's not a new company that's coming on the scene. It's this is a Goliath in another industry. But if they come into mind, they're gonna they're gonna take some market share. Yeah. And absolutely. If, if they take market share for me, and this is my sole, you know, business. source of business, that's gonna affect. That's gonna affect me short term yeah. and long term. Yeah. And uh, and unlike Apple of the last year, Microsoft has continued to innovate on that B2B side. Like you don't hear any complaints coming out of Microsoft on the consumer side or from those who work yeah. in the company, your things are not being innovative. Um, so they're doing, they're, they're doing an incredible job. All right. So let's talk about some trading, shall we? So are you using the same trading strategies now uh, that you currently have been using or have you adjusted your trading strategy due to the market? Yeah. Great question. Uh, I mean, I was talking to stock club about saturday and i made an adjustment so like i may widen my stop um because now because of stop hunting brokerages having issues um and the market being a little bit faster i've talked about it before but like if you're short in the market on a daily session i will put my stop at the top of the market and if i'm going long i'll put it at the bottom and i'll give it a little bit more again so if i'm going for 500 ticks on nasdaq i may wait till 100 150 ticks to lock in profit as before i may may have locked in 40 and because like the market is moving so fast now or you get out of moves you at some point you have to adjust it's like the speed of trading has changed over the last couple months and um no one is really saying it but the impact of my forex funds going under his hat has been dramatic in the forex and futures market like the, it changed liquidity and uh, a lot of other uh, prop firms on watch to if they're doing business above board and it changed the volumes and how everything was being traded. So I, th that's the main adjustment that I've made is like, I'll widen my stop a little bit and then I'll delay how quickly I'll lock in profit. Okay. And uh, what are the biggest mistakes you see traders making today? Um. It's the most boring lesson, but most impactful. And uh, I think it was representative last night, uh, like how I played at the table. Like, know how many trades you're going to take for the week. Like, so my play, when we went in and played, uh, Troy, you were the vibe yesterday. Shoddy was like, listen, Shoddy talks a lot about defense. He showed it last night. It was like, hey, you going to play? Nope, going back to the room. So I'm going to walk around, see you later. Not a dollar was dispersed on the table. Kudos to him, uh, the intelligent investor, right? But for me, um, if you have read a book called A Man for All Markets by Edward Thorpe, he's the guy that broke Vegas and then broke investing. For me, like if I play and once I win three hands, I'm usually done. I got to a max of five yesterday and I was done. Tell me uh, how you got there. Tell me how you got there. 
you know, got a bet on red, red panda for president. Got better. no, but listen, 66% of the table is red, so I'm going with probability. I had one hand wide counter, I lost once I won my fifth hand, I was good. I see too many traders still taking too many trades. Like, if you're at 10 to 15 trades in a week, you are headed down a one way road to hell. You cannot over trade your way into financial freedom. I've never seen it happen. And I know everyone wants to say, well, the quants are trading thousands of times per second. They're not even doing that anymore. That was in 2008, 9, 10, 11, 12. They've adjusted their strategy. So like knowing how many trades you can take and put probability in your favor is what is actually going to give you freedom. And I'll ask you this. If you've over traded in this past year, have you made more money or less? Like, we have to stop having conversations about semantics and, well, this is my strategy. Are you doing better or less? Are you producing alpha or no? Like, if you're not, you'll make way more money taking less trades. That's the number one. Out of everyone that I ever talked to that has done really well, they know within a range of maybe five or six trades how many they're going to do per year, and they stick to it. And everyone that has done really poorly, they've all overtraded. There's no way around it. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Is there any yeah. NBA player that took like 29 threes in a game and was like, he scored 75 points? And no. You have to know what's in your range. Yep. Yeah. So Morgan Stanley, uh, they just announced that they will be kicking off their generative AI era with uh AI assistance for financial advisors. So mm -hmm. now the financial advisors at Morgan Stanley will have artificial intelligent <laughs> assistance in their capacity. I mean, that's kind of like, you know, a no brainer. I feel like everybody's already using AI in some capacity anyway. Now, I guess they'll just be supported by AI. But um, yeah, it definitely is going to affect every industry for sure. Something that, you know, you need to be aware of in the financial services industry. I think artificial intelligence is definitely going to play a major part. Um, before we leave, I wanted to talk about this Deion Sanders thing. So blenders. Um, so the Colorado state head coach Come on, made a yeah. comment that uh, Deion, wait, shades are back. He yeah, made a comment. I don't feel like, no, I can't do this without my shades. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Shout out to Deion for being a market maker. Let's get back to this. Let's get back to business. So yeah, he made he made a comment about Deion Sanders' sunglasses, um, and hat. It wasn't he didn't say his name, but it's pretty obvious that he was talking about him, uh, Jay Norvell. And um, it just so happened that Dion um was in the process of launching his own sunglasses line with uh Blenders, a collaboration with Blenders. Mm -hmm. The glasses cost sixty seven dollars, so he put it out on the Friday. He worked um, and dropped it on first take, gave everybody on first take a pair, had the gave the rock a pair, gave everybody on his team a pair, and then um, put it on social media. And on the first day of release date, uh, they made $1.2 million on the glasses. Um, so definitely a marketing genius. Genius. So, social media wizard. And, um, you know, just has compounding his his victories on and off the field. Mm -hmm. uh, so, yeah, this is a very impressive move on Dion. And as I said, I think as they continue to play, if they continue to win, um, they only, you know, I, I predicted this, variables come into play. Travis Hunter not playing obviously doesn't help their chances against two of the best teams in the country. Um, very unfortunate situation that, you know, football is one of these things where 
injuries happen, right? Like Aaron Rodgers gets hurt um, first game, of the first play of the season, and now he's done for the whole entire season. So obviously that affects the Jets' chances of winning. Um, So, yeah, this definitely affects Colorado's chances of winning the next two games for sure. But they are on task, um, and they have revolutionized the game of college football. Deion Sanders has stamped himself as the biggest name in sports right now. And um, from a marketing standpoint and a business standpoint, he is using celebrities, using entertainers, using rappers um, and their influence Mm -hmm. to um, spread the message of social media. I always look at social media as like, you're not strong. If I unfollow you and I don't see anything, then that means that you're only as strong as you. Put a name on that bullet. I don't have to <laughs> put a name on that bullet, my boy. Come on. But I don't have to unfollow. If I unfollow Deion Sanders today, it doesn't matter. I'm going to see. Still gonna see him. I'm going to see him. I'm going to see Cameron posting about him. I'm going to see uh, Complex posting about him, Bleacher Report, ESPN. That's what you really want to do. That's, what, that's how you really invest fast, for instance. If you follow, if you unfollow Ernie Leisure, if you unfollow every single person, it doesn't matter because the yeah. impact so crazy you're going to see it on your timeline somehow somebody's going to either be at the event or a speaker is going to post it or somebody's going that's what you want and when you're starting your business you want to be so talked about and so viral that the message is bigger than just you other people are championing it for you you want to create a culture because um cults turn into culture and Dion has created a cult following and he's created a culture and it's done intentionally. It's not done by accident. Some people was like, well, that's just his personality. No, it's not really it just a lot of planning to pull this off. Yeah, it's it's planning to go. It's one thing to be like, it's his personality to be, you know, flashy and to talk and be witty. That's his personality. But as far as being able to execute, having little Wayne come, putting a jersey on little Wayne, filming that, giving the rock sunglasses, giving the whole team sunglasses, filming that content, remixing it, putting it on social media. This is all very calculated um, moves that's done. It's not just done by habitat. So I always like to just, most people just look at this just for entertainment. I always like to look at it like, how do, what's the business? What's the backstory? How can we implement similar type of strategies and similar type of marketing campaigns for what we're doing or what anybody else is doing? So, yeah, yeah I think it's something that any entrepreneur or any um, social media content creator or anybody in business can learn from and um this is something that you know is happening in real time for sure now if they are able to be uh because it's not a hundred percent chance that they're gonna lose even though they, they've lost one of their best players yep. you know it's it's sports sometimes you lo- you lose players and then other players have to step up Somebody so if up. they are able to pull these victories off they got oregon on the road this week and usc at home next week and then they have Washington State the next week after that. So the three hardest games of their, yeah. their schedule is back to back to back. Um, they still and UCLA is ranked. They got UCLA on the schedule. So we're gonna see. We're gonna see. But yeah. if they are able to pull this one off, this is a game time Disney movie. This is a this is a test. I said if they got to week four, this is gonna be the biggest test. TCU was a test, seventeenth uh, ranked, uh, but they had a lot of people that weren't coming back from that team. Oregon has had their quarterback, Bo Nix, who was a Heisman hopeful for the past two years, and he was in the SEC prior to that. This is a real one. This is a, a road 
environment that is tough to play in. Nobody loves to play in Oregon just because of the the level of participation from their fan base and their student their, their student body is crazy. Uh, you're down one of your best players, but you have a, a talented guy at quarterback that I don't even I'm not even sure what's what's happening as far as these these draft boards. I haven't seen them in the first round yet. I need somebody to get uh, Mel Kiper his phone number. I, I'm not sure if he's watching what's happening. This this dude's composure in the pocket, the way he's able to scramble and the accuracy. I mean, he said it was Brady time. 98 yard drive with the game on the line is impressive. He's lead, he's leading the Heisman race right now. He, yeah, he, he has well, to be. Him, that's why this week is important. If they're able to pull the win, if they win this week, it's undisputed. But listen, that game versus USC is going to be the biggest. Well, they have game an, they, have, they have, probably get more views than the national. They have an excuse to lose. No, it's, no, there's no excuse. To lose. No, you have an excuse. Not, to never lose. excuse to lose. I'm saying if you have one of the best players in college Doesn't football. Matter. No, I'm saying it's it's a, it's an excuse to lose. Not an excuse from Dion's standpoint, but they have. It's not a fair game at this point, That's right? Fair. Your best player, it's fair. Arguably, your best player is not playing. Doesn't matter. So it's I'm talking about in the in the case of public perception. In the case of public perception, they they're looked at as this is you know they're not expected to win. They're the underdog. For and sure. like I said, one of not only just their best players, one of the best players in the country mm-hmm. is not playing. Okay. So you know if 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 they lose, if they lose, um. It won't be as bad. Let's just say that because Nick Saban to make it bad. They're gonna make it bad. What the, the haters gonna come out the wall? You already know they're that not, they're not favored to win this game. They're not favored yeah. to win the next three games. I think we got that USC. They're not favored this game. They're not favored. They were favored by twenty two points versus Colorado State, and we saw. I mean, they have some things that they need, they have some things that they need to work on for sure. Well, yeah. But he said he's very, and that was one of the things about him, Dion. He said. He's very aware of the situation. He said, I need six or seven more dogs before I really, really get comfortable. But Shador is leading the Heisman Trophy. He is right now. One, him and, and Caleb Williams are one. Well, he's number one. There's only one. There's only one number uh, one, right? When you depends. lead depends on who well, it's not really too much depending. I'm just going well, off they, the stats. When you when you lead that, well, well when, you are going off the stats because when you lead they haven't well, here's why. Here's why. Here's why. They haven't they haven't had the first initial poll for the Heisman yet. So voting hasn't started. That's right. So I'm going off of stats. So if you just, if you go off of stats, he has the best stats in, in division one. He leads the league in he leads college in yards per game. Caleb Williams leads in touchdowns. Yeah, he has he's averaging four hundred and fifty seven yards per game. Um he doesn't have more touchdowns. Yet. Skip Bayless, call Trevor or shot. Well, Caleb is is the Heisman, right? He's the runner. So he technically is the favorite because he's last year's winner. No, it's technically whoever's playing the best. And, and, he, is. and he is. The yeah, I, team. I'm not the biggest the football team. fan, but if and we're doing the high football. test, Shador looks like he's Mahomes. Playing Shador is he's playing really looking like Pat Mahomes. He's playing the best. He has the best statistics. He has most yards, and he had the most dramatic comeback of last yeah. week. Um, Like Brady, that was a perfect example. You down, you're down 11 points with seven minutes left. Kept his composure okay. and led his team 98 yards. Who are you playing? And then got the two-point conversion. Two-point conversion extremely beneficial. Then scores two back-to-back touchdowns well, in overtime. And then who are you playing? You play the competition that's up against you. Right. So you you technically, if you're the 24-point favorite, you shouldn't even be down by 11. Who do you points. who has oh, you? Let me finish. You shouldn't be down by 11 points or seven minutes to go. You shouldn't be. If you're a 24-point favorite at home, you shouldn't be down. 
the comeback is incredible. How he performed under pressure is incredible. We can't, we're and, not going to deny that. In this game, you have winners and losers. That's it. If you win, you're a winner. If you lose, you're a loser. You so can win. You that can, goes back to the first point you just made. If they lose, they lose. Let me let me finish my point. If you if you lose if you win by fifty points, that's a great victory. If you win by one point, guess what? That's a great victory. Not in college. Right? So let's go. Let me finish my. It does matter, Kyle. Okay. If they if they would have lost, if they would have lost, they wouldn't even be ranked anymore. So if let me finish. Go ahead. So it does matter in college because if they continue to win, let's say hypothetically they don't lose a game, right? That they're going to be in a national championship, and that one victory could have swayed the the them being in a national championship or not. That's not true. Dion, um, Ian, if Colorado goes undefeated, are they not? Are they not going to be in the national championship? Let me give them Ian? a vote. They would have to be. Okay, if if Georgia is undefeated, they're going to be in in the four, right? Let's just say if Georgia goes undefeated, they're in the four. Yeah, Michigan, Ohio State are going to be in the four, right? We know that, right? Yeah, you got it. That's the SEC. SEC usually gets two teams automatically. Yeah. Right, like it or not, that's two out of the, the four. If they win, if they went out, there's a chance that they'll be in. But I'm gonna go back to the point you made that score doesn't matter, it absolutely does matter. If you look at style points, when people are voting for the polls of who's gonna be number one and number two, they absolutely look. It's the reason why Colorado was 18 last week, and this week they're 19. Yeah. They wait, let me finish. Now, if you look at the number three team in the country and the number four team in the country, they switch positions. Why? Because Texas looked better than Florida State did at Boston College. They won the game. They were favorites, but they slight they they had a slight victory over an, a team that they should have handily beat. So style points do matter. So a one point victory and a fit it's not comparable, right? So, so Colorado that's Disney or or Nvidia. The, the so no, we're not so we don't do that. We so once again, we're not gonna do that. We're not gonna do that. <laughs> we're not doing it. I'm just trying to tie back to the investment for everybody. Yo, it's we are supporting Colorado. It's impossible. For, it's impossible for Colorado to go undefeated and not make the national championship. There's four teams that that's in that playoff. First of all, so that's that's impossible. With Deion Sanders being the biggest name in sports, it's it's impossible. That's an impossible argument. And, and who who broadcasted the national game? ABC, I believe. Probably. If you need an uptick in that damn Disney stock, they gonna put no, it's product. It's yeah, money, you know, money, money makes the world go round. It's, it's, it's now back to the style points. Of course, obviously the eye test, and it would have been more impressive. What I'm saying is that ultimately the the objective is to win. You you play a 12 game schedule. How many games they play? You're gonna have ugly wins. You're gonna everybody's gonna have an ugly win. Alabama's gonna have an ugly win. Alabama lost the game already. Mm -hmm. Ohio State's gonna have an ugly win. Nobody is gonna go through this season with winning every single game in such an impressive manner. That's that's probably not going to happen. Everybody's going to have an ugly win. You rather have an ugly win than a loss. And of any course. any coach any coach is going to say that. It's still week 3. So obviously there's a lot more to go into it. So it's beneficial that they won this game in an ugly manner, not only for Shador's Heisman campaign but also for the team. So the team won. You win in advance. That's the number one rule in sports. Win and advance. No, no matter how you get the win, you win in advance. As long as you keep winning, you're going to keep advancing. That's it. You could go and play the semantic games all day. Yeah. Right now, they're on the pathway of winning and advancing. Now, if they lose, that's going to be a major setback for them. But Dion, no matter what happened, he's happy with the win because now that they won, now they can advance. Oh, you should. You that's should it. Be. Win, win, 
and advanced. But that's not that's what you originally said. You said it, it doesn't matter, but that's okay. Because it doesn't matter. It does. It, it does. doesn't matter. That's why I just said it's it win in advance. The ultimate goal in the ultimate scheme of things, in the ultimate scheme, grand scheme of things, it does not matter. Okay. In the ultimate grand scheme of things, it does not matter. You win Today, and you advance. When, so Today's when, episode of Third Take yeah. was sponsored by Diddy's Love Album. <laughs> shout out to Diddy, shout out to Josie. Shout out to but, 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 it, it, It's the same with NVIDIA. Like, NVIDIA had a hell of a run up. Tie back in for Investor Crowd. Um, but then the next quarter, can you produce results to beat that? Like, you either are going to have to put up better results than you previously did. Or, and that's the thing that separates the great companies, great players, great coaches. Can you go through adversity? Even take Apple. Steve Jobs died. Even I, at one point, thought the company was going to fall apart when when he first died. Then they righted the ship, went operations-based, off to the races. So um, for all of you that are uh, going to complain about the celebrity talk and all that, make sure that the companies that you're invested in have the same fortitude, chutzpah, that Dion has and his leadership yeah. strategy to get you more gains. If I made you money, please put yes in chat. Welcome back to Third Take. And then, and then, know that I want you to know your companies like y'all know your sports. Yes, that's the key. That's what I would really like to do. I, I would like y'all yes. to know the CEOs like y'all know the head coaches and the players. Yep. Yeah, I want you to know. I want you to know the history of these teams, like you know the companies. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Market Mondays and a mantra for you to live by is win and advance. That's, that's a great mantra. That's a great mantra. No matter what you have to do to win, win. Sometimes yep. you're going to win. Uh, Floyd Mayweather almost got knocked out. I remember it knocked his tooth out. Um, the boy from uh, Argentina. Um, what was his name? He, he, he He's the one that hit, uh, which we'll call it. Um, Dan, what's his name? What's the what's the Argentina fighter's Argentina? name? He's tough. Uh, tough he as nails. Twice. Tough as nails. Um, remember he was in. No, 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 no. Nah, nah, Cotto's from Puerto, he's from Puerto Rico. Um, Damn. Um, I'm going to look this up. It's not Margarito. But uh, somebody else. hell of a fighter. And I remember Floyd almost got, he almost got knocked out. He got saved by the belt. He he hit him so hard, Floyd grabbed the ropes. And I never saw Floyd like that ever. And he sat down right after that. Yeah. But he won the fight. It, was, it wasn't an impressive victory, but it was a victory. On his record, he's yeah. still 50-0. That, so but hit, win in advance, win in advance, ladies and, and gentlemen. That's in... Wait, what? <laughs> Go that's ahead. That's an individual sport, right? And it, it's different for collegiate sports, right? This is the reason why they have rankings. This is the reason that every time that they announce the Final Four for the people who are going to the college playoffs, there's controversy. Oh, we beat this person by that. Oh, we actually played Ohio State and beat them. Yeah, we have one loss. They have one loss. The ranking system in football has been bullshit for a long time. Hold on, I'm gonna get the fighter. I'm gonna get the fighter. Here's the thing, though. I'm gonna get the fighter. I'm not talking about a game. I'm talking about the game of life. <laughs> I'm talking about the game I'm of life. You feel me, Ian? This ain't no game, bro. This is this the game of life. People winning and not. This the game of life, bro. Winning and not advancing. Win and advance. I know a few. Win and advance. No name on that bullet, Troy. No names on the bullet. Then they they not winning then. If they ain't advanced, they ain't win. It's like Mario Brothers. You gotta get to that next level. If you ain't get to the next level, you ain't win. Well, now you gotta now you gotta work your way back up. We'll see. Mm -hmm. Figure out a new strategy, game plan, get a new coach. You know what I'm saying? Do some more conditioning. But but, but like you said, what Dion is doing, I mean, I live in Colorado. Boulder's not a popping city on anybody's radar. He's turned bowl like a Super Bowl event. Marcus, Marcus, um, What's his name? Mandana. Mandana. Fought him twice. 
I think it was the first one. Man, got a hell of a fight. He's the one that knocked out um boy from um Ohio. What was the flashy kid? <laughs> um, what's his name? Um, damn, what's my from Cincinnati? Name? The, uh, Adrian. Adrian, Adrian Broner. Remember, Adrian remember Broner. he had shout out to Adrian, shout out to AB. He did the remember, remember he had AB looking crazy out there. He knocked him out like he knocked him down like 10 times. He didn't knock yeah. him out. I think he actually finished the fight. But yeah. he he they was making memes about that, remember? Yeah, he looked bad. No, he, he knocked him down. Yo, Mandana tough. Nah, and then Mondana ended up gaining like hundred pounds. But yeah, he he was man, he had, he had hands of steel. This that's, kid, that kid is tough. That's probably when he should have fought Pacquiao, but shout out to Floyd. Shout out to Floyd. The best that ever do it. Win in advance. Selection in advance. Of, of, of enemies and matches do, do matter, though. Win in advance. Yeah. That was actually Mardana's last fight. Who? The second loss to Floyd. He fought Floyd once, lost for him again, and that was it. No, he fought. What you call after that? All right, that's, that's his record right there. Speaking of sports, what y'all think of the UFC WWE public merger? Man, it's going to be um, interesting to see. Um, you know, the, you know the, the, the story behind Shane McMahon wanting to buy the company? 20 years ago? He didn't see the vision. No, Shane McMahon saw the vision. His he dad didn't believe in his son's vision for what was about to happen. And yeah. so he looked at him and told him, now this is not a company that we're interested in. Shane was trying to tell him this is a, a, a rising in the world of, of right. fighting yep. and, and sports. And dad didn't see the vision. Yep. Dad's no longer the CEO, but he didn't see the vision that, and didn't believe in what his son was telling him. And now, 20 years later, here we are. There's well, been a lot of infighting in the McMahon household, and then it, it's crazy. Then Triple H married Stephanie McMahon. Stephanie, right? Well, and he's the one. Up, he, he passed. They also passed on the George Foreman grow. Did Hulk Hogan? Hulk Hogan. Hogan. Hulk Hogan. Hulk Hogan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hulk Hogan. Hulk Hogan passed on the, yeah. on the George Foreman grow. That was supposed to be the Hulk yeah. Hogan grow. Yeah, uh, that's crazy. But you know, hey, you can't win them all. Can't win them all. Got um, advance. Winning events. That's a big loss. Rule of life. I'm 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 making I'm <laughs> a blowout I'm, loss. I'm gonna put that I'm gonna put that on my my New front t-shirt? door. Winning events. That's life. Hashtag. Have the win built in, ladies and gentlemen. Win and advance, ladies and gentlemen. Yes. All right. Yeah. Um, been been real. Amy, our in- attorney tomorrow, an entertainment law episode. She goes over contracts. She goes over negotiations. She goes over best practices, trademarks. Um, all of that stuff. So if you're an entrepreneur, if you're in business, this is an episode that you cannot afford to miss. One o'clock Eastern Standard Time. Get your tickets to Ghana. Yes. And get your tickets to Chicago. Yes. On the website. Um, yeah. Pretty much in Revolt World ATL. We will see you this weekend. Yes. Love is love, yes. y'all. Be good to love each other. Y'all. Peace. Run these numbers up. A key Glock gonna be on next week. <laughs> Go support Amy. I don't want to hear it. Listen, I'm making a declaration. Key Glock gonna be on after that. Money bag, sexy red ski. Hey, forty two Doug on the way. Hold your head. Hold your head. Hold your head. Y'all, Lola Brooke, don't play with me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, y'all. Hey. The Enhanced American Express Business Gold Card is designed to take your business further. It's packed with features and benefits like flexible spending capacity that adapts to your business, 24-7 support from a business card specialist trained to help with your business needs, and so much more. The Amex Business Gold Card, now smarter and more flexible. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently. 
by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.